Hi there, I'm Mike Waters, and we're back with another Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, presented by Krause Health, the official partner of Syracuse Athletics, providing the latest technology and expertise for the treatment of stroke and cardiac emergencies. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse basketball player Cole Swider. I talked with Cole about the NBA draft, when he knew the Lakers had offered him a deal, his amazing run at the NBA Summer League, and what he's doing now to get ready for the Lakers training camp. Welcome back to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And uh, today we've got a great guest and a familiar face to all Syracuse basketball fans because he was suiting up for the Orange just this past season. It's uh, former Syracuse player Cole Swider. Cole, welcome to the podcast for for the second time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me back on. Uh, And obviously... Always have a special place in my heart for Syracuse. So, so yeah, it's great. It's great to uh, link, link with you again. Well, you know, what's funny is the first time you came on the podcast was before you had ever played for Syracuse. In fact, it was just after you had decided to transfer from Villanova to Syracuse. Who would have thought then that the next time you're on the podcast, you'd be wearing a Lakers basketball t-shirt? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's God's work, man. I mean, I'm just so thankful of being able to go to Syracuse for a year, um, not having the season that we wanted, but be able to, to go out there and show what I could do and then have this opportunity with the Lakers. I'm just so thankful and blessed to, to have been a part of the Syracuse basketball program and play for Coach Bayheim, G-Mac, Red, Griff, and, uh, and everything that, that came with came with the season. Obviously, uh, so many close losses, a lot of tough games, but it's, it, it's all a blessing to be here and, and just very thankful. You know, it was a tough season last year in general uh, for the team, uh, going 16 and 17. But for you, you know, kind of putting the season in a way aside for a second, where you are now, could you have imagined at the time when you're uh, deciding to transfer to Syracuse that you would be in this position after just one year at SU? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that it was definitely a possibility. You know, I, mean, I always try and have great, great belief in myself. Um, and I, I thought that going to SU would give me a chance to, to show what I could do on a, on a big stage in the ACC. And, um, and Coach Bayheim told me from, from the time I got there, hey, you're going to be playing 30 minutes a game. Um, you're not coming out, and, and you're going to – you have to earn everything that you get, but at the same time, there's, there's opportunity for you here. So, um, obviously, the, the season went how it went and got, got an opportunity to – even after the season, I was considering coming back to Syracuse, but um, – all everyone told me and all eyes told me to, to, to go in the next step and, and challenge yourself in the NBA. So um, just just very blessed and thankful, um, like I keep saying, and just happy that uh, I, I came to Syracuse. You know, tell me about that decision to, to leave Syracuse or actually not really leave it per se, because you it was your fourth year of school, but you did have the option of coming back for an extra year. You know, and obviously the NBA – isn't a sure thing because I mean, you weren't even drafted. So really take me through that process and what you were hearing. Yeah. I think that whole entire process, uh, like after the season, you know what I mean? I, I try to take a week to not think about things. And, um, and then once, once we started the process of, of listening to agents and talking to coach Bayheim and talking to, to GMAC and all, everyone who was in the program, it was one of those decisions where coach Bayheim told me from the beginning, he's like, Hey, like whatever you need to do, uh, I'm here for. And obviously we'd love to have you back but at the same time. Um, you have to do what's best for you. And just having that, that just no pressure 
um, and making the best decision for me was such a blessing. Coach Beheim never um, wavered in that. He, he never pressured me that he, he needed me back because, honestly, if, if, if Coach Beheim just how, how loyal and thankful I was to him, if, if, he, if he was saying, hey, Cole, I need you back, I need you back, I, I might have gone back just out of loyalty to him. Um, but he the whole entire time, him, GMAC, Red, all those guys, they were just, hey, whatever's best for you, whatever you're hearing, and, and it was just, I'm just so thankful that um, it worked out the way it did. But that, like you said, there was no guarantees, and, um, and it, it was just a blessing to be here. So I'm sure some people listening to this podcast are wondering why, you know, uh, Jim Beheim wouldn't be more selfish, you know, and say, yeah, come on back. Like, all, if, if all he really has to do is, you know, kind of pull at your emotional heartstrings a little bit, um, you know, he could have had you in orange again. And I'm sure there's another segment of the fan base who was like, you know, this is actually how you develop player loyalty and uh, trust, right? Yeah, I, I think one thing about Coach Beheim that not a lot of people talk about is just how loyal he is. He's the most loyal human being I've ever been around. Um, you can see with his staff, he has three former players and a former manager on his staff. You know what I mean? Our video coordinator has been there for, for 30 years, or, or 20, 20 years, 25 years, whatever, however long it's been. Um, Coach Beheim's, like I said, he, he's a special person to me. He gave me a chance, and uh, yeah, I, I think out of loyalty to him, I, I, I may have came back, but uh, at the end of the day, he, he, he didn't care about um, the short term for me. He cared about the long term, and he knew the best decision for me long term was to pursue the NBA, and I'm just so thankful for him that, that he kind of uh, – he, he gave me that freedom to, to make that decision on my own. So you, you decide to, you know, enter your name into the draft. On draft night, what are your thoughts as the draft's going on? Are there expectations that you are going to get selected? Or do you have intel, you know, from an agent who, who's kind of like letting you know what's going to happen? Because sometimes it seems like, you know, everybody does know what's happening on draft night. And it's just a mystery to us who are well, watching it on TV. Yeah, I, I would actually say it's the other way around. I think everyone thinks they're going to get drafted going into draft night, and there's a lot of people who are who are uh, who are kind of shocked when, when when they don't get drafted. So um, I, I thought there was there's there's five teams on draft night that um, had talked about drafting me, um, but at the end of the day, um, all those teams didn't end up selecting me. And uh, the, the Lakers told me that if I was around after the draft, that um, there'd be a good opportunity to, to be possibly a two way. So. Um, Obviously, picking the Lakers was the best decision for me, just the roster composition, um, how they have all the money tied up in three players and how they need shooting on the roster. So I think it was just overall the best uh, place for me to be, and it was the best decision for me to make at that time. Now, Syracuse fans know this part. You had an amazing summer league with the Lakers, uh, starting out with a couple games in San Francisco, but the five in Vegas – um, averaging like a little over 15 points a game and shooting 50% from three and not just one for two a night. Uh, you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're taking over seven, seven and a half, three pointers a game and you're making 50% of them. Um, take me through summer league. I mean, why, why were you able to get so many good shots and, and take advantage of them? Yeah. I just think from the beginning, coach ham, brought me in and he's like, hey, every single time you get the ball, shoot it. And I think the first game, I was, I was a little hesitant. Um, and a bunch of my teammates just came up to me, and Coach Ham came up to me and was like, hey, like, I, we want to let, let, let that thing go. You know what I mean? He has a, he has a term, and he's like, LTF, just let it fly. You know what I mean? Um, or LIF, let it fly. And, uh, like, f from the beginning, he, 
he just made sure that, that I knew um, that, that he wants me shooting a lot of shots. And obviously not having four or five draft picks or four or five young guys on the team helped me a lot to be able to get that confidence. And by the end, they were running plays for me after timeouts and running plays for me at, like first play of the first play of the game, first play of the half. And it was just honestly a great situation for me to come into. And I got a lot of opportunity to, to go out there and play without even thinking about coming out, which was great. You know, sometimes when I watch summer league games, to be honest, you know, the teams don't look cohesive. And I understand why guys are just thrown together pretty much at the last minute. But, you know, a, a guard may ignore a big guy open on the wing in order to do his own thing and try to impress somebody. When I watched the Lakers summer league team, it didn't seem that way. It, it seemed like there was a lot of sharing of the ball going on. Um, where did that come from? Yeah, I think I think from day one, I think Coach Ham, he was in a lot of our practices early on. He was running some of those practices early on. And he, he said, well, what we do as Lakers is that, is that we share. And the, the best way that all you guys can get contracts, the best way all you guys can get looked at is is making sure that you guys are sharing the ball, doing the right things. And um, honestly, it was the best it was the best news. It was the best thing that we could have heard. And I thought we did a great job. And some of the games that we lost, I, I think we, we didn't do it as well. But I think overall, the summer league was great. We, I made a lot of great connections. I thought a lot of the players that I played against who were on my team did, did great in summer league. And um, honestly, I, I thought it was overall a great experience for everyone. But um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Coach Ham did a really good job right from the beginning, making sure that we knew that we were passing the ball and holding guys accountable when they didn't. You're obviously, you know, you keep mentioning Darvin Ham. He's going to be a first-time head coach in the league. Uh, is that a good thing for you, being a rookie and having a guy who's, you know, new to this with the Lakers and maybe open to uh, finding a couple young players to add to his roster and develop them? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I think he comes from a system in Milwaukee where they really develop their young guys. Um, he was an undrafted guy himself, so he, he knows the grind of it. And also just uh, I think just him being a first-time head coach, we're going to go through this together for the first time. So every, everyone's learning the, the new style of play on the team. Every, everyone is um, kind of picking up things at, at the same time. And and obviously uh, being able to play with, with geniuses like LeBron and AD and, and Russell Westbrook, it, it will make my transition a lot easier. Ask those guys questions questions just, just being around them and, and and everything going forth so I think coach Ham's just done a great job of, of coming in setting his principles and, and going from there you know when you're not drafted you're actually now in a position you and your agent are in a position where you can choose you know have as much control over where you're going um, you know it's not so much the team's picking you I mean so did you and your agent really put your heads together and, and try to find you a place? Did you have those kind of options? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think on draft night, we, we, we narrowed down a couple options that if I were not to get drafted, that we were really going to target. Um, I got back, I got brought back for two workouts at three different places. So I, I, I thought those three places would um, would be good options for me after the draft. I, I had a second workout with the Hawks, the, uh, the Lakers and the Bucks. So um, I thought those three situations would have been good for me. And, um, and after the draft, we kind of uh, went in that situation. And, uh, I was just very fortunate that the Lakers called me um, while the draft was going on and offered the contract. So it was, it was great. While the draft was going on? Yeah, because uh, the agents have intel based on who's going to get drafted at this spot or uh, Milwaukee had the last pick in the draft. And we thought that could have been a good situation, but they were going another direction. So they, they, they called my agent and um, offered me the 
offered me the two way around 55, 56, and I was I was able to tell everyone in my house that uh, I was going to the Lakers. So it, it was nice not having to wait. What was that uh, moment like, uh, you know, after putting down the phone and, and turning around and, you know, who all was there and what was the, what was the uh, environment like? Yeah, it was a lot of close friends and family. Um, Coach Hart, that you got a lot of people know in Syracuse really well for having so many players play at Syracuse. Um, and I had some Syracuse managers there. Um, not, not None of my Syracuse coaches could come there in the middle of summer workouts, but um, just – just a lot of close friends and family who, who helped me along this process and journey. So um, I could feel the room getting kind of tense t- towards the end. So I went up and just told everyone, Hey, like you guys are my closest friend and family. I, I have no shame in going undrafted. I have no shame. And it, whatever happens tonight, I, you guys are the people that have helped me get to this point. So um, it, it was just overall just a, a blessing, a great feeling. And uh, it, it's hard to describe it. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking with like, you know, three picks left in the draft. You've already gotten the phone call with your agent and the Lakers and you're nobody tweet this, but guess what? I'm <laughs> <laughs> if anybody puts this out, like, like Woj or Shams, we're in trouble, but I'm going to the Lakers. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, at that point, I think Shams already tweeted out. So um, th- things, things go quickly right after the draft. So, I know everyone's kind of getting on the phone and, and trying to figure out what their next destination is. So I know, I know buddy was a pretty similar situation that he heard uh, like around the same time as I did or, or soon after the draft, because as soon as I got on my phone, I saw that buddy, uh, that buddy had the two way with the Pistons and I was just so excited for him as well. Explain as much as you can, the, uh, the dynamics of a two way deal. Cause that's what you've signed with the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, the, the dynamics of the two-way deal is um, that you're on both rosters. Um, you're on the NBA roster and the G League roster. Um, and you're, you're the 16th and 17th man for, for the NBA team. Um, only, the first four, only the first four years of your NBA career, you can, you can sign a two-way deal. So it's, it's, it's implemented for younger players to have an opportunity to be that 16th, 17th man. Uh, you can play up to 50 NBA games. Uh, you make half, half the rookie minimum. So it's a great deal and it's a great thing for, for guys like me and Buddy who may, may not be good enough to get drafted right now, but we'll still have the opportunity to go into summer league and, and be a priority on, on these teams. So, um, yeah, it, it, there's obviously a lot more that goes into the two-way, but that's kind of like the, the, the easy rundown of it. And the other player with the Lakers that's on a two-way deal is Scotty Pippen Jr., right? Yep. Famous name? Yep, yeah. What was it like to, I mean, and Sharif O'Neal was also on the Lakers summer league roster. Um, yeah. what, were there dads around at all? What, what's that like? Uh, you know, when you, if, if you do see like a Scotty Pippen or a Shaquille O'Neal and you're playing with their kids. Yeah. I mean, Scotty was courtside for almost all of our games and he came to our games in San Francisco and uh, he, he's been very supportive of me. Um, after one of the games, I beeline to him and gave him a, quick dab because the whole entire time he was on, on the sideline telling me to shoot. So uh, I mean, those guys have been great. Uh, I didn't get to see Shaq while we were out there. I think he wanted the, didn't want the attention to be on him. So um, I think overall it's just uh, those, the, the kids have been great. They're super humble, super easy to talk to. Um, they're obviously very, very good players. And um, me and Scotty got really close over summer league. And I thought it showed on the court a little bit too. So um, Scotty's a great player. Sharif, Sharif obviously just signed a, Really good deal with G League Ignite, and I'm super happy for him as well. 
So when does training camp start and what do you do in this time uh, before it does? Yeah. So right, right now we're in off season tra training activities, which is, uh, which is optional, but for guys like me and, and, and the rookies, it's, you know what I mean? You got to be out here. So um, right, right now we're, we're working out in the morning. Um, a lot of guys were here. We actually had 10 players here today. So that was, that was going to be some five on five. That, that's some skill work in. Um, that's a goal with some de defensive concepts and everything like that. Coach Ham was in the building kind of, kind of going through it. And then a after that, we, uh, so this, this will go on to the end of August. We'll get to go home. And then after Labor Day, that's when all the bets will come in. All the guys like, AD, LeBron, Russ, all those guys will, will come back and start playing pickup from there. Um, and then training camp starts at the end of September. And then once training camp preseason, and, and, after, and after that, the regular season starts short, shortly thereafter. So it's, it's definitely a different schedule than college. College, you're practicing all year round. You're practicing in the summer. You're practicing in the fall. Um, and the games don't start till early November. But in the NBA, it, it picks up picks up fast. And I, don't, I feel like there's not, a, there's not a downtime in the NBA, but there's a uh, – it's just it goes quickly from the draft to summer league to OTAs to to quickly thereafter training camp and the season starts. So, so are yeah. the guys that are there in LA now this basically the same ones that played on the summer league team, or are there some different uh, faces around? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of the guys in the summer league, but also there's a lot of the younger guys in the team. Lonnie Walker's here, Troy Brown Jr.'s here, Juan Descano Anderson's here. Um, we we had we had I think we had. Four guys on our summer league team playing today, and then we had six guys who are on the roster who are younger guys. So um, it's a good mix of guys, a lot of younger guys who uh, who obviously they want them to get a head start on learning the concepts before all the, all the older veterans get here. So it's, it's been a great experience so far. Even a younger guy like Alani Walker, who Syracuse fans will remember from University of Miami, you know, guys guys like that can provide some guidance for a rookie such as yourself. Yeah, no, for sure. I, all those guys have been great. I mean, Lonnie entered, entered the NBA when he was 19. He's 23 now, so he's already been in the NBA for four years, and we're, we're the same age. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a totally different dynamic, but they, they've all been great. Troy Brown, same thing. He's been in the NBA for four years already. Juan Descano Anderson has been in the NBA for four years. So I think overall it's just um, a lot of – just picking those guys' brains, hearing from them, and obviously they, they all those guys play with star players, from Troy playing with – Bradley Beal from Juan Escano Anderson winning a championship with the Warriors. And, uh, so, so they know what it's like to kind of play with star players. And, and that, that's what it is in the NBA. You got to have your star players and then the players you play off those star players. What's your average day like out there right now? Yeah, tr try and get to the facility around 8 a.m. We usually have a lift around 9. Uh, lift from like 9 to 10. And then we usually get on the court from around 10 to 11.30. And then – then get some treatment, get in the cold tub, and then you're usually good for the day. And then if you want to, you can come back later and shoot. But that's, that's part of the NBA everyone says to get used to is you got to find another hobby because you don't have class, you don't have study hall, um, you don't have the extracurricular things that you have in college. So I think overall it's just, just trying to find a couple of different things while also just staying in the gym as well. So learning to play the guitar or uh, learning to speak French, uh, why, what is it? What, what's your hobby? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was honestly in class um, in, until last Friday. So uh, I was I was busy in class doing all that stuff. I was doing that through summer league. So trying to stay on top of class, and so I haven't really picked up a new hobby. I, I love playing golf. So going to the driving range every now and then. Um, but yeah, I still got to pick up a, a new hobby. So 
just trying to figure that out. Maybe the guitar, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've planted the seed in his head. Um, class, uh, is, are, are you uh, finishing up your degree? Is that what's going on with having to do that? Yeah, I, I just finished it up. Uh, so just finished up college. And, yeah, I was doing it through Summer League. I was doing it through the pre-draft process. And uh, just part of, part of transfer goal from Villanova, I had to finish up some extra credit some credits and that was one deal that I made with my mom when I transferred to say she's like hey make sure you finish your degree um so when I transferred to Syracuse we set it up all all set up and it just worked out that I had to f- finish two classes in the summer so I just, I just finished up my last class so it's definitely a relief and uh thankful I got it done with <laughs> congratulations that's awesome thank you what'd you get your degree in communications and rhetoric studies so Maybe head into the podcast field. Who knows? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to invade my space. That's great. Okay. <laughs> now, actually, there's plenty of room out here. Start your own podcast. Uh, I'd love to listen to it. Who's your first guest? Uh, maybe Coach Behan. I feel like that would be a good, good, good guest to have. You know what I mean? He has a lot of stories, coached a lot of great players. G Mac would be a great guest. Maybe, maybe Buddy and Jimmy, a little, little brother, brother edition. Uh, I don't know, but uh, obviously ha- having a lot of friends throughout the NBA, um, a lot of a lot of guys who have played a lot of great players. I think it's just all about learning their, their stories, learning how they grew up, and kind of some of the obstacles they had to go through. So, I think I think that'd be a cool thing to do. I'd listen. That sounds cool. That yeah. sounds cool. Now I've seen the refrigerator open a couple times. I don't know who's going into it, but so what is a, what is an NBA rookie? having his fridge i mean are you eating well oh of course i mean i'm we're in the lake i'm in the lake facility right now so everything in there is, is good stuff whether that's protein shakes electrolyte drinks water um they, they have some snacks in there for us fruit um so so yeah it's, it's all, all good stuff um so so yeah i mean i, I try to be a pretty healthy eater myself and, and yeah so, so okay all good so stuff. you're at the lakers facility you're not at like in an apartment or condo no, not right now, no. Okay, very good. Have you thought or considered what it's going to be like next month playing or practicing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, Le- LeBron's been in here a couple of times and um, actually got to talk to him a few times at Summer League and being here. And, and LeBron's always been my favorite player. So just, just being here, being actually having a relationship with him has, has been awesome. So it's uh, – it's one of those things where I don't know if it will ever get normal, but at the same time, it's it's, it's just a blessing to be here and uh, be able to learn from them as well. I mean, you have to sit there and go, you know, just be cool, just be cool. <laughs> you know, for sure. I, I think I think with those guys, you got to be yourself because that's that's what they want. That's, that's what they want you to be. So just 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 trying to be myself, trying to trying to stay true to who I am, and to shoot the ball for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shoot the ball. Um, the Lakers G League team, it's, it's right there also in LA, right? So even when you're on the G League roster, you'll be around, uh, the Lakers franchise, correct? Yeah. I think one of the cool things about being with the Lakers is that they, they live, um, in the same facility. The G League lives in the same facility as the, as the actual Lakers. So we play our games in the, in the practice facility. Um, we have a locker room. Uh, in the practice facility as well. So er- everything is intertwined. It's the same weight room, the same meals. So it's one of those things where I'm just super fortunate to be in the same facility as the Lakers. So when I'm going back and forth between teams, it's not going to be a huge difference. 
um, and, and everything's here. So it's, it works out really well. So there you are in LA, two-way contract, just one year after going to SU. Do you ever think about where you would be had you stayed at Villanova for your senior year? Yeah, I, 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 I've thought about it a little bit, I, and, I, and I honestly don't know. Uh, I think with, with Colin – with Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samus coming back, it kind of would have been hard for me to kind of break out the way I did at Syracuse. So um, nothing but love for guys over there, but definitely think going to Syracuse was, was the best decision for me and my future. I mean, certainly you are like the poster boy for the transfer portal and immediate eligibility, right? Without, if you had to sit out a year after being at Villanova for three, I mean, I guess you could have done it, but that means that's a tougher decision at that point, right? Oh, I totally agree. I think just just with implementation of, of that rule of being able to play right away was something that really led to my decision on, on what I should do. And and just having that, uh, I wasn't able to graduate at Villanova, so the grad transfer w- was out of, out of the equation. And um, ha- having that having that opportunity to to just go and play right away and be able to graduate was such a big uh, part of my decision. So I, it would have been a much tougher decision if I had to sit out a year. You know, and you and I have talked about it before. You know, the choice of Syracuse, you know, that Syracuse being the school that you did transfer to. Obviously, Syracuse had recruited you hard coming out of high school. But really, what went into that decision? And, and you know, what other schools were seriously considered? Yeah, I think just going back to the decision, I think just the comfort, the, the comfort that I have with the coaching staff, with the, with, with the players, with just the system that, that Coach Beheim ran, I knew I was going to be able to get Shoot, shoot a lot of threes. I knew I was going to be involved in the offense, be able to play the way that I knew I could play. Um, and I knew overall that playing the ACC, playing a big stage at Syracuse, but they just, they just came up with Sweet 16 run as well. I, I thought it was just a really great situation for me. And just seeing the, the roster kind of clear up with Quincy leaving, with Alan Griffin leaving, um, it, just, it just gave a lot of clarity. Even with Robert Braswell leaving, it just gave a lot of clarity for me to go in and, and go play right away. So I think those things. And then um, in, in terms of uh, other schools that recruited me, I, I had a lot of schools when I went to the portal, but I think Indiana, um, Indiana would have been a school I, I would have considered if I if I had not gone to Syracuse, Arizona, um, Rutgers. I mean, it, I, I had a bunch of schools, and Florida was another school. So um, I think I think there was a bunch of schools that I could have went to, but Syracuse is the best decision in my life. So um, I'm just very happy and fortunate that um, Coach Behan took a chance on me. I'm glad the decision worked out for you. Obviously, it has, because there you are, right here on the podcast, second time around, arms folded with a Lakers shirt on. (laughs) (laughs) That must be pretty cool. Well, listen, I know Syracuse fans will be following you, um, you know, throughout the process. Uh, Good luck at training camp next month. And uh, don't be a stranger here on the pod. You know, before you get your own, you might need to come back a couple more times and kind of really get the ins and outs of a podcast. Hey, definitely, man. Thank you for having me back on. Nothing but love for Syracuse and the fans. And um, I'll definitely be back, hopefully watching a couple games and obviously be cheering on Syracuse from afar. So, um, like I said, th- thank you. And uh, hope all is well with you and your family. Well, there he is, folks. Cole Swider, now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Cole, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. And for the listeners out there, Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. I want to thank Cole for joining me on the podcast today, and thanks to you out there as well for listening in. 
please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.